Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Pronouns are she, her, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus. Um, joining him in the renewal of all things. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I would love to give you just an elbow bump later. Uh, Obviously, I'm masked here this morning. I'm a little sniffly, and I want to protect you from those germs. Uh, Unfortunately, our other co-pastor, Bill White, is not able to be here this morning because he's even a little more sick, (laughs) though getting better. So he is joining our friends on Zoom, Zoom community. So glad uh, that you could be here with us today and hope you enjoy getting to chat with Bill uh, over, over this time together. How was everyone's Thanksgiving. Give me a little, you can do a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, mixed bag, completely get it. Um, I want you to know we are thankful. We're thankful for all of you and thankful to be able to be just leaning in together this morning into a bit of a change of season. There's something about we we do the Thanksgiving thing, which comes with all of its its mixed emotions, Uh, sometimes real goodness, sometimes sadness or loneliness, all the things that the holiday brings. And then we start this shift into Christmas, right? And you can even tell this morning we're, we're starting to make that shift here at City Church. Um, and it's going to be a good season. I think it's going to be good in whatever whatever kind of goodness God has for you right now, whether that, again, brings a little bit of heaviness with it or it, it brings peace. Um, it's going to be a good time together. And so we're glad that we get to be here all together this morning. Um, one of the things that we do occasionally, uh, maybe maybe not even as often uh, as we should, is that we, we like to take some time just to be thankful for some of the people amongst us who serve us in special ways. And so a few of our friends this morning, I think our friend Lisa Carpenter and maybe Selene Zazueta, are going to come up this morning to lead us in a little appreciation time. Would you welcome them with me? Yeah. We'll try one more minute. What? Oh, oh there, there go. you go. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, so yes, as Brenda mentioned, we are here to appreciate, celebrate, and be grateful for some of our treasures here at City Church. Even if you've been here for just a couple of weeks, you've probably noticed these two. You'll see Lewis on stage here playing the flute, and then Helen's usually in the front serving up some coffee. So we wanted to give a round of applause and a huge thank you to Helen and to Lewis Thaxton this morning. You will join me. They create such a warm environment for all of us week after week, and we are just so grateful for you. You are truly like a warm hug, and it's so comforting (laughs) to see you two here. Um, They're going to be slightly transitioning out of the hospitality ministry, and so they're still going to be coming, so no worries. We're still going to have coffee, but we are just so thankful for you two from the bottom of our hearts. We love you so much and thankful for all of your service all of these years. Thank you. And Selena wants to say a few words too. Good morning. I just want to say, Lois and Helen, you guys are a blessing in our lives. And everybody knows my life. So my life would be so much harder without both of you in our lives. Helen, you're an angel to us. 
Thank you. Oh. Yeah, um, really, Helen and Lewis, this is the board was getting together. We, we give gratitudes every time we meet and you guys are always top of the list and we realized we needed to say it publicly. So please just know how loved you are by this congregation. They have been around City Church since like the very beginning. So just an amazing couple who have loved this church so well. So super grateful um, for you. We also, sorry, Lisa, I should have told you just to go ahead and stay up here because we want to pray for our kids this morning. Uh, and uh, were you planning on praying for them? You look a little surprised. <laughs> I can pray for our kids. <laughs> um, we like to pray for our kids uh, here at City Church. And this morning, our nursery is open. Um, I should probably get back over here for Zoom then. Uh, our nursery is open, so that's for zero to three. So parents, if you haven't had a chance yet and you want your kids to, your zero to three-year-olds uh, to be taken care of in the nursery, that is completely welcome. Our older kids are going to stay with us this morning in service. Uh, and kiddos, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come up and to get, because we do have some crafts available for you, um, some ornaments you can make or some, some papers and crayons. In fact, our preacher this morning, the Reverend Rihanna Shaw Robinson, loves it when the kids draw pictures about what she's talking about. In fact, she asks if she can even see them afterwards. If you would give them to her as a gift, she would find that amazing just to be able to see what it is that you have received from the words that she says. And so in just a minute, I'll invite you up to get that, okay? But right now, let me just pray over you because you're cool and you're awesome. We like you. God, um, thanks for the kids among us, the kids who are right here in the service, the kids who are part of our family on Zoom, and God, the kids who are part of this school every week, uh, who've been having some vacation time uh, over this past week. Um, God, I just want to take a moment to remember um, that sometimes it's actually hard for the kids when they go home for vacation. Um, I just want to be mindful of the fact that it's not it's not always the easiest or the safest when kids have a week off school. Um, that sometimes there's less encouragement. Um, sometimes there's less food. Um, so God, would you take care of all the children in this community? Would you help us just continue to be mindful, um, to be loving, to, to look for creative ways that we can be involved in the community, to reach out, to care, to show support? Thanks for the privilege of being involved in Angel Tree over the last few weeks and being able to give pajamas and uh, even just fresh, fun, charactered underwear to little kids who, um, that that is actually gonna be an amazing holiday treat for them this year. God, you're so good. Thanks for loving the littles. Thanks for loving the littles inside of all of us. Would you help us to take care well? In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much. Okay, kids, come on up. You can pick. There's some ornaments you can make, uh, and there's also some paper and crayons right here, so come get what you need. The what's up with the Christmas trees? It's almost Christmas. 
they, the Christmas trees are part of us leaning in towards the Christmas season. It's so good. And so the ornament bags, just so you know, guys, there are two of them. So maybe you want to keep one. Maybe you want to give one as a gift. It is completely up to you. But don't forget, you can also get crayons and paper so that you can draw a little bit of what you hear Reverend Rihanna talking about in just a minute. Well, I am uh, letting you guys know, just as the kids get their craft, that yes, we do have an amazing guest preacher here with us this morning, a dear friend of mine and Bill's uh, who is a pastor up in the Oakland area and her church which is a newer what we might call a church plant Miriam Song it's particularly for women and non-binary folks of color a place of rest and restoration and healing just such an innovative community that we are so delighted as a church to be connected with and to be able to partner with in some particular ways um, just delighted by Rihanna's vision. And so it is an incredible blessing to have her with us today and sharing, leading us off into this new series called Those Who Dream. So I'm going to invite Rihanna up. Uh, could you welcome her with me? And then as Rihanna joins us, our friend Joel Veenstra is also going to come up and read our passage for us this morning uh, that Rihanna will be laying out. So if you're willing and able, if you would stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Psalm 81 through 7. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we might be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You've made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty, make your face shine on us that we might be saved. People of God, this is the word of God. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Joel, and thank you, Rihanna. I might cry. So I'm just going to tell you now, like, there might be some tears because I'm feeling very full. You know when you walk into a space and there is welcome? Or you get to reconnect with a friend and it just feels good. Um, and so when I saw Brenna today, even with the mask, when I've been texting with Bill, I'm just like, yeah, I'll come hang out with y'all. And y'all are cute. <laughs> so I might get a little overwhelmed by looking at these amazing, beloved, beautiful, spectacular, very well-dressed image bearers of God. What a gift to bear witness to you all. Um, some of y'all know I've been here before. Um, and I offer the invitation. Um, I grew up Presbyterian, so I know that you are not supposed to ever speak or move during service. Um, but I try to veer away from that a little bit. So if you are at all engaged, at all, you can blink aggressively at me. That works really well if you're sleepy, actually, because I'm going to think I'm doing a great job if your head starts to nod. Uh, you can smile at me just so that I know that I'm not up here by myself, that we're doing some stuff together. If you get super fired up, you can shout, and I'll just tell you it won't scare me. I will like it. And it also won't make me go on longer. So how about that? So I just want to give all of those caveats as we begin today. Um, friends, would you pray with me? Most holy God, you are speaking to us. 
You are speaking through these beautiful children in our midst. You are speaking through our siblings that offer smiles and care and song and gift. You are even still speaking through the Bible, which sometimes is weird and complicated. So would you open our eyes, would you open our ears, would you open our hearts, that we might hear the word that we need as individuals and as community to remember that you are a God who is not just with us, but you are a God who is for us. And we pray all of this in your name, amen. So um, Bill sent me the passages that I could choose from to preach on. And uh, I love lament. I love lament, which is weird, but I do. And I had to kind of make that moment of like, okay. And Bill's like, yes. Like Bill actually was like, I'm so glad that you picked this one. But why would we start the season of Advent with a passage on lament? It doesn't feel like it matches up immediately, right? Because Advent is a season of waiting. It's a season of expectation. It's a season of anticipation. And if we're honest, we're like, yeah, yeah, baby Jesus is great, but so is time off from work and time off from school. And maybe you might get that thing that you've been waiting for all year. Maybe you might get a new robe. I always want a new robe, some new slippers, some new underwear. Like that's what we are anticipating if we're honest. But I think that Advent actually invites us into a posture of lament when we start thinking about not just anticipation, but longing. And those are different things, yeah? That longing that is deep in our soul. The longing for a breakthrough of a situation that we have been dealing with for some time. A longing for deliverance, which is such a churchy word, but when you say it, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to be delivered from some things, maybe some people. And maybe if we can push our imaginations far enough, a longing for a reality without suffering. If I'm honest, it's hard to make that stretch. It's hard to declare that actually, yes, that is the world that I want, a world without suffering, without pain. And I look at scripture that promises those things and I'm like, can't get there with you. Because when I look around at the world, can we just get like a little reprieve, a little vacation? Maybe a moment to breathe, a moment of celebration instead of this new reality that is promised to us. And so Advent, the season for us in many churches, it's about four weeks long, right? Four weeks of anticipation. It's not too long. It's not too bad. You can kind of handle it. But if you look at um, the Gospel of Matthew, the folks who were waiting for the birth of Christ, 42 generations. Yep, that's the right response. <laughs> 42 generations. And in 42 generations, that goes from anticipation, like, yeah, something's great's gonna happen. I hope as empire comes and goes and there's suffering and there's enslavement and there's wandering and there's prophets and all of these things, there was a different type of longing that this entire community had. And so why lament? Lament is 
honest about our longings. And I would say lament actually, if we are available to it, can open our minds and give us space to dream of this new reality. Um, as I was looking at the text and thinking about it, um, as I said, I think lament is such an important thing. And I was reading um, a quote by Emily Towns that talks about lament and hope. Do those things feel like they go together to you? No, okay, thank you. Like, I'm glad when people are honest and are not too churchy, there's like, of course, absolutely lament and hope. And that's all I ever have in my life. But she says that hope um, means that we have opened our eyes and our hearts and our minds and our souls and our very spirits. And now we are able to see and feel and touch and smell the joy and the agony of living in the fracture of creation. Whew, do you feel that? The joy and the agony of living in the fracture of creation. Lament is an invitation and opportunity to go stand in the fracture and look around for a little bit. Um, I don't wanna say this about hope. Real hope is not toxic positivity, which I have no time for. Have you ever had that moment where you pour your whole heart out? You are hurting, you are struggling. People are like, it's gonna be all right. And you're just like, I'm sorry. Did you hear anything that I said? Or you're, you're like, oh, this is such a situation. It's been so long and it's so painful. You know, you're too blessed to be stressed. I'm, I'm sorry. You just don't feel heard, right? When you are honest about your pain and someone just jumps right over to the good news rather than saying, wow, that sucks. Wow, that sucks. I can't fix that, but I can sit next to you and I can say that sucks and we can be there together. And then I don't know that sometimes is the inbreaking of hope where you can take a deep breath. You don't have to keep convincing someone that you are hurting or that you are struggling, that they believe you. And then you're like, oh, maybe there might be another way. Because um, lament is about being honest. And Soong Chun Ra says, lament is honesty before God and each other. And to hide from suffering and death would actually be an act of denial. Did you know that God can handle your honesty? I just want to check in if we know that God can handle our honesty. Have you ever read the Psalms? Like God can handle our honesty. And I think God desires the fullness of our relationship. And you know what happens sometimes when relationships are really good? You get mad at each other. Anybody? Or maybe that's just my relationship. Like real relationships, sometimes you have to go and you'd be like, you hurt my feelings and I am sad and I need something else from you. And you actually said that you were going to do this thing, like wash the dishes, whatever. And you did not do it. It's holding people to account. And I think God's like, that means that we are in relationship. You know that God laments, right? And Isaiah, God's like, why did I even make these folks? 
Like, why did I even do this? I love them. I give them everything. I want to know them. And they just keep running away from me. God offers that heartbreak in relationship. I want to be in right relationship. Jesus laments a lot. He laments the religious leaders who are behaving in ways that are not aligned with God's desires for the world. He laments his friends who don't show up for him when he's like, can you just, just stay awake and be here for me? And they don't. And he grieves that and he names that and he calls them to account. Y'all ever heard about Gethsemane? Where he weeps and he cries and he says, this is too much. I don't want to do it anymore. This is painful. So if Jesus can lament, why don't we? If you've ever read scripture, the Holy Spirit even shows up and says, let me help you in your lament. When you don't have words to cry out, I can show up and translate some of those moans and groans. Lament is holy and it opens us up to something different. And I would offer, I think we need it. I'm gonna say we need lament. Does anybody feel like we just kind of skipped past COVID? Like there was just a declaration that it's over. Did anybody like, like it's done, the pandemic is over. And did you feel some kind of way about that? Like, did we not just have three years of trauma? Did we not just have this many years of pain? Do we not just have this many years of nurses trying to figure out how to do it? Teachers trying to figure out how to teach on Zoom? Babies born in COVID that have not seen faces? Like, do you ever have those moments like, are we just gonna, are we gonna skip past that? But it's done. Um, do we ever do that in our lives? We have that whole situation of trauma. We're like, all right, well, since we're done now, we're just gonna move on. But you still feel it in your body, you feel it in your soul because you were not honest about how awful it was, about how painful it was, about the collective grief and trauma. We need to sit and lament a little bit longer so that we can get to where we need to go. But instead we do like, we like denial a lot more than honesty, don't we? Okay, who says no? I wanna hear you say it louder. You do not like, no. Um, we prefer denial over honesty. It's easier, right? It's easier to be like, oh, I'm fine, than to say I'm actually really brokenhearted. Oh, I'm totally good, you know, except I feel like I have no power or control over my life or any of the situations, but I'm totally good. I'm fine, instead of I am enraged at the violence that I see around me. Everything will be okay, instead of I feel totally and completely impotent and unable to do anything. And I'm just really sad about that. I think it's important to name, um, and I'm going to say it, um, denial is a privilege. Denial is a privilege. If you've ever been to any type of Black church, lament is just kind of what we do. It is a part of naming reality that you can't get away from. You can't get away from the reality of hurt and pain. And so church is where you get to be honest about that in places that you can't do that anyplace else. And offer, also, I would say that denial is in service to empire. I had to figure out how to get empire in, so I'll just say it there. Denial is in service to empire because you know what empire wants? Everybody's fine, right? We're all totally good. Everything's good. Status quo is working for everybody. We're just going to keep moving forward. But lament says, 
actually know. I'm going to be honest about what I see around me, and I'm going to demand something different. Lament is an act of resistance because honesty is an act of resistance. Refusing to be numb, refusing to just slide on by, refusing to lay down your grief and pain before you've actually had some time to deal with it. Lament is an act of resistance. And if we stay in it long enough, lament can lead us to a demand for a new reality. One of the things that struck me in the passage that I kind of got stuck on and kept sitting with, what does the psalmist say? Restore us. Restore us. And I sat with it long enough. I was like, uh, I think God wants more for us. Are we ready? Sometimes we just want to go back to when things were easy and calm, right? Like if we just went back to... I don't know when America was great or something. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean it, didn't mean it. Um, if we could just go back to when things were easy, when we could just go back to when there wasn't any conflict, we could just go back when our body wasn't feeling creaky and kind of weird, we just go back to that and that's what we really want, right? Anybody else? Because it would be easier. It seems like it would be easier, but even in that we weren't doing the work and I think God's like, how about we dream bigger than just going back to easy? How about we push our imaginations further to, I don't know, again, this world without suffering and pain and tears. We just wanna go back to when it was easy and God's like, oh, I would like to go back to the beginning of creation. When there was shalom, when things were good, when we were connected, when relationships were right, we got to go way back or we have to push so much further into the future. I think lament, um, gonna, any nurses, doctors, EMTs in the room? Okay. What happens if we seal up a dirty wound? Exactly, the face. I wish y'all could see the face like, Ugh. and we know that moment. If something is dirty, if you get a scrape, what do you got to do? You got to wash out some of the junk, right? Does that feel good? No. Okay, as long as we're clear that sometimes doing the work of cleaning out the junk doesn't feel very good. Sometimes doing the work of going in and getting, I would know the doctor sometimes got to go even further. We have to go all the way to the new tissue. I think that's what lament might be. The opportunity to be honest about the junk, to clear it out, to lay it down, to wash some things out so that there is now space to heal so that we can move forward. I think lament is also the opportunity and the reminder that you are not alone in your suffering. I'm gonna say that again, you are not alone in your suffering. God doesn't desire that you hold your hurts by yourself. Thank you. Come on now. <laughs> God does not desire for you to hold your hurts by yourself. So stop. There you go. Stop. 
Find the people who can hold those hurts with you, not to fix it, not to tell you something different, but to remind you, hey, I am with you. And guess what? God is with us in this together. I think lament also invites us whew, to the crazy hope, right? We talked about hope before, but that hope that you look at reality and you go, yeah, my God's still bigger than that. And sometimes you say it with a question in your voice. I'm okay with saying it with a question. I have no idea how this situation is going to change. I know that I have no power to change anything. Everything hurts and looks really bad. And God? And then you keep saying, you say, and God? Oh, wait, hold on. The creator of the universe is with me? The creator of the universe, their heart is breaking as well over the violence and the pain and the suffering. Wait, I get to stand with the creator of the universe and heartbreak? Um, I always talk about faith giving you swagger. I believe faith can give you some swagger that you can look at the reality of the situation and instead of going ap being apathetic about it, okay, it's fine, everything's fine. I'm just gonna, I can't do anything about it. That, that God will make you bold. That when you are honest about the heartbreak, you might be willing to step in a little bit further, to push a little bit further into action, trusting that Again, the God of the universe is on your side. That the God of the universe desires something more than what we can see in front of us. And I think Jesus shows us. I think Jesus shows us that hurt and pain and maybe even death are not the end of our stories that sometimes, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I'm a person, even while I was like, yeah, lament's so great. Um, sometimes we gotta go through all of those things that we might get to a new reality that we could have never, ever imagined. But like I said before, you don't have to do it by yourself. I think I want to finish with offering some real tangible ways to settle into lament because we're not used to it, right? It's not something that we easily know how to do. We have been much more trained in denial and it's fine and too blessed to be stressed and toxic positivity. What would happen if you just sat long enough and you were honest with yourself about where it hurts? that you didn't start scrolling on your phone to get rid of that weird anxious feeling, just me, I know, I might be the only one who does that, that you didn't turn on the Real Housewives to be like, let me see some drama that is worse than the drama in my life so that I don't have to deal with it, that you didn't just like eat that delicious, wonderful piece of cake or cookie, mm, I can taste it, instead of sitting and being like, I'm actually just sad, <laughs> like I'm not hungry, I'm sad. So what would it look like to sit long enough to feel where you are hurting? And then to stay there long enough to notice those connections of hurt that are connecting you to others. And then to sit there long enough with the prayer, God, would you break my heart for what breaks yours and be okay and be ready for your heart to be broken open to clean it out, to work through some of those things. Sometimes a lament looks like writing a confession. We said it's honest. 
honest about the ways that we have uh, not lived into who we are called to be. The ways that we have not loved our neighbors as we are called to. The ways that even we haven't loved God enough to yell at God. To demand what we need to expect God to be good on God's promises. And sometimes lament looks like maybe you just sit. And you start moaning. You start rocking. You let your body release and do the work that it needs to do. And as scary as it is, you don't even have to do any of that alone. What does it mean as a community to sit and hold each other's burdens? To sit and be with each other in the hurts and to stay there long enough to get new eyes for the reality, for the promises, to stretch our imaginations for the ways that God is calling us to move towards shalom, real shalom, real hope, real peace that requires us to be honest and to be active in our hope. Friends, let's pray. God, would you meet us in our hurts? Would you remind us that we are not alone in our grief? That your heart is also breaking over the violence and the war and oppression and injustice. That that's not what you desire for the world. Would you remind us of that? God, would you surround us with a community that invites us and lets us grieve and shout and be sad and be honest about the brokenness in our hearts and in the world? Would you give us glimpses of what you're doing that we might cling to this messy hope that keeps us moving towards the world that you desire for us all? In your name we pray, amen. What an amazing, amazing word um, for us as we we enter into this season to enter with honesty. So thank you so much, Rihanna. We're going to pray together now in two different ways. Serena offering um, a word from her heart, and then we'll respond together as well. Thank you, Serena. Let's pray. 